And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week I wanted to talk about who do we see ourselves as? What perspective do we have of the Lord? What perspective do we have of ourselves and our relationship with Him and our position in Him? Because we can have the wrong perspective of who we are in Christ. We may still be thinking old covenant, whereas we really need to be thinking new covenant, who we are now based on what Christ has done in his finished works at the cross. So let's start by looking at Psalm chapter 86. Psalm 86, of course, is the Old Testament. It's in the Old Covenant. This is a prayer of David. And we're going to start at verse 1. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and distressed, needy and desiring. Now today, ask yourself if you feel like David. Are you poor and distressed, needy and desiring? Okay, let's go to verse 2. We'll come back to why I asked that question a little bit later. Verse 2 says, Preserve my life, for I am godly and dedicated. O my God, save your servant, for I trust in you, leaning and believing on you, committing all and confidently looking to you without fear or doubt. Now, the interesting thing about verse 2, in my opinion, it's almost like David is in two minds. In verse 1, he says he's distressed. In verse 2, he says he's confidently looking to the Lord without fear or doubt. So if you're looking at the Lord in a confident way, if you're trusting in him, then there should be no distress at the same time. Verse 3, be merciful and gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Make me your servant to rejoice, O Lord, for to you do I lift myself up. For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our trespasses, sending them away, letting them go completely and forever. And you are abundant in mercy and loving kindness to all those who call upon you. Verse 6, give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and listen to the cry of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call on you, for you will answer me. There is none like unto you among the gods, O Lord, neither are there works like unto yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and fall down before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and work wonders. You alone are God. Verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth. Direct and unite my heart solely, reverently to fear and honor your name. Now, some of these verses here, they still should apply to our walk with the Lord today. Even though it's Old Covenant and Jesus does speak on these types of topics in our relationship with him, as in John 15, where he talks about the branches and him being the vine, us the branches, and we'll talk about that in a little bit on the program today. But the importance here is that we do truly walk and live in the Lord's truth. 
direct and unite our hearts solely reverently to fear and honor him, according to verse 11 of Psalm 86. Verse 12, David continues, I will confess and praise you, O Lord my God, with my whole united heart, and I will glorify your name forevermore. This is another thing we should be continuing to do, even though we are now in the new covenant, and this was the old covenant. This old covenant verse still has the same principles that we should be following today, and we should be uniting our whole heart with the Lord, letting the Lord into our whole heart, not just part of it. And we can glorify his name as we worship him, we praise him for his goodness and what he's done for us, and totally undeserved all the good things the Lord has blessed us with, including his precious son, of course, and the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross and all the suffering all the way up to and including the cross. Verse 13, For great is your mercy and loving kindness toward me, and you have delivered me from the depths of Sheol, from the exceeding depths of affliction. Verse 14, O God, the proud and insolent are risen against me. A rabble of violent and ruthless men has sought and demanded my life, and they have not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy and loving kindness and truth. So here in verse 14, we see that there's enemies coming against David, trying to plot his demise, and that's most likely why he is distressed. But when we are confident in the Lord, when we trust wholeheartedly in him and do not fear or doubt, there should not be a distress. Verse 16, O turn to me and have mercy and be gracious to me, grant strength might and inflexibility to temptation to your servant and save the son of your handmaiden. Now here in verse 16, David is asking the Lord to turn to him. When we know that the Lord is always ready and facing us, it's us who sometimes don't face him. And that's what repentance against wickedness and sin and all these bad things is all about. We need to turn from those things and turn towards the Lord who is already waiting for us to face him. Because the word says that if we draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto us. 17. Show me a sign of your evident goodwill and favor, and that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame, because you, Lord, will show your approval of me when you help and comfort me. So you can see in this chapter, in Psalm 86, that David is very much in a situation that he's desperate for the Lord's hand and intervention. He is telling the Lord how loving he is of the Lord, how trusting he is of the Lord, but at the same time, on the other hand, David is distressed. He is seeking the Lord. He is asking the Lord for help. And we do this today. It is okay to ask the Lord for help today. But I want you to see that the old covenant mindset, David did have a fear, a reverential fear of the Lord. His heart was after the Lord. But remember, David was not a son of the Lord. 
David was in the Old Covenant. Jesus had not yet shed his blood on the cross, finished the work, so that a new creation could occur. The creative miracle with a brand new spirit in the new believer as part of the new covenant with Christ Jesus, together with the Father, could occur. So there was no sonship between David and the Lord, but he definitely had a heart after the Lord and trusted in him. But there were these occasions where he was crying out to God and begging him for help. Now, we today can be more confident that we are sons of the living God and we have a choice to act out who we are in Christ. But we need to take advantage of this open door with the Lord, his open arms, and really delve into the heart of the Lord, spend time with him in the secret place, locked away, and truly having communion with him, having him direct our steps, having him give us the secrets that he would otherwise not be giving anyone else outside of his family. Let's have a look at John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit, to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Now, Jesus is talking here, and Jesus is talking about himself being the vine, his father, God the Father, Yahweh, the Almighty God, being the vine dresser. And you and I, believers, being the branches. Verse 3, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. So remember that when we are reading the word of God, that's why one of the important reasons to read it is because it continually cleanses us and prunes us. Not just hearing the word, but doing it. Because we need to be doing the word of God. We need to be doing the great commission, preaching the gospel to all creation, setting the captives free by the name and the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, casting out demons, raising the dead, laying hands on the sick, telling people about Jesus, telling them the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we are doing that, and as we are reading the word, Because Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and active. That word of God which is alive in us gets to clean us and prune us as we go about our Father's business. Verse 4, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Now, you might ask the question in verse 4, how do I dwell in him? How do I live in him? How do I become vitally united to Jesus? It's all about relationship and the time you carve out of your day, morning and night and maybe during the day, spending time with him alone by yourself without any distractions. Sometimes you might sit there in silence, just waiting for him to speak, just pointing your heart towards him, opening up your heart towards him, just gratitudes of love in your heart. You're saying, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for this wonderful day. 
Lord, it may look like I don't have much, but I have everything if I have you. Why should I worry about anything when you take care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air? Why should I worry? Lord, I thank you for all provision. Thank you, Lord, that you will help me focus on you such that I may do your will and not be constantly focused on the things that I may run out of or the things that I do not have. Because all the things I do not have are material things, but what I have is eternal, and that's you, Jesus. So seek him with your heart and have conversation with him and thank him. He loves that. Jesus died so that you may be reconciled, so that you may have your relationship restored with the Father through the Lord Jesus. And so it's very, very important that we vitally unite ourselves to him. If we think about a friendship, if we are vitally united to them and with them, we spend all our time with them, helping them, having conversation with them, being available to them if they want us to do something, loving on them, praying for them, and being available to them. And Jesus in verse 4 here is saying that if we are not abiding in him, we cannot bear fruit. We cannot bear the goodness that other people need to come and consume from us. That goodness which is the light in us, the light of Christ, trying to get through us, trying to lighten up a dark situation that's in going on in someone else's life that you are praying for. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So, during the weekend of Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, there was a couple of different services that my wife and I attended, and there was people that needed healing. I remember the people got healed from an arm pain problem and an ankle problem and a back problem. Because of these amazing things happening meant that I was abiding in the Lord. Because otherwise, if they had not been healed, that would have been proof that I was not bearing fruit, and therefore I was not abiding in the Lord to the degree that I should be. And before we move on to verse 6, I just want to encourage you to seek the Lord for ways you can please Him, ways that you can help do your part in your neighborhood. And the Lord will give you things to do. He will put ideas in your heart. And just go after what your heart desires when it comes to helping people and praying for people and talking about the good news of Jesus, because you are predestined for good works. And God has already arranged those before you even were born out of your mother's womb. Verse 6, if a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you, and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. So verse 7, Jesus is bringing the point home, as he's kind of repeating himself in different ways for the last few verses. And in verse 7, he's also making sure that he mentions his word, remain in us, and continue to live in our hearts. And the benefit of that is that we do not only get set free by the truth, but we can ask whatever we want and it will be done for us, according to verse 7. Verse 8, when you bear, produce much fruit, 
My Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. So if you have a desire in your heart to please your Heavenly Father, you want Him to be honored and glorified. The goal is to love Jesus, but to also to love the Lord's creation on the earth and bear much fruit, produce much fruit. Set those captives free. Speak about the Lord. Praise the Lord. Worship Him. Invite people for Bible studies. Pray for them. Love unto others as you would expect to be loved on by them yourself. But make sure that first of all, you love the Lord thy God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, Jesus says, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete and overflowing. So Jesus telling us all these things, we should have peace, that there is a way to gain peace. There is a way to gain joy and gladness. And it's simply by abiding in the Lord, because he is our Prince of Peace. He is our everything. He is all good things. He is life. He is the light of men. And so when you connect with the light, no darkness can remain in you. When you abide in him, his word cleanses you. You get cleaned out. It's like you're getting washed continually by his word and by his presence. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. It says, In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. So this is talking about the old covenant in the way that God used to speak to the children of Israel through the prophets, through Samuel, through Moses, through different people that heard the Lord's voice. It was David, after all, that was selected by the Lord, but the Lord had to use Samuel. And the Lord had to use Samuel because he knew Samuel was one of his prophets, and the Holy Spirit was residing upon Samuel, and Samuel was able to hear the Lord's voice and guidance and direction because of the Holy Spirit upon him. Because Jesus had not yet gone to the cross, and the veil had not yet been torn, Jesus had not yet paid for the new covenant with his blood. At this point, the Lord was not residing in people who believed in him. He sent his Holy Spirit to reside upon select people. Now, verse 2 says, But in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. So verse 1 is saying that God used to speak to people that he needed to get a message to by way of using a prophet. But in verse 2, it is showing that the Lord speaks to us through Jesus. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself, the Father. So in Christ, 
is where the Father speaks to us, and because Christ is in us, the hope of glory, the Bible said, that's why we no longer should need prophets to tell us what the Lord is trying to say. If we are spending time with the Lord in the private room, in the secret place, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, the Lord and us are one in the Spirit, according to the Word, and so we should be able to discern His voice because Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. So we should not have to wait for a word from a prophet. We should be able to hear the Lord's voice for ourselves. Now, there are situations like if you are a new believer, like myself in 2009, I could not discern the Lord's voice. The Lord sent another Christian brother who spent about six years alongside me telling me what the Lord was trying to tell me. But one day the brother said to me, the Lord wants you to start to seek him and depend on him for his voice and not to depend on me. And so that's when I had to discern whether I was hearing the Lord's voice. I had to trust in him. I had to even learn that the Lord's voice is not always necessarily very obvious, but it's what's ever in my heart. Because if my heart is being cleaned by the word, cleansed by the word, if my soul is getting renewed Romans chapter 12, verse 2, by reading the Word of God, then it's more likely that I will hear what the the Holy Spirit is trying to say rather than my old carnal mind. And it's certainly a process because Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That means reading the Word of God and accepting it as truth. But transformation is not done in a split second. We have to continually seek the Lord, spend time in His Word, so that our mind becomes updated, renewed, and we will more distinctly hear His voice, and the things of the Spirit will become more clearer, and the things that were carnal should start to fade into the distance. And that's not to say that the enemy, that the devil, will not still want to take advantage of us, Now we are more of a target for the enemy compared to when we were not born again because the devil hates Christians. The devil hates God's creation completely. And the devil does not want you to find out or operate in who you now are in Christ Jesus. So that is why you should limit who you listen to, to who you trust, spend time in the word every day so that you are staying aligned to God's truth and learning more and more about what he's trying to show you and who you are now in your identity in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you today that while David was crying out to the Lord, you are now in a better covenant than David was. You, as a believer, now have the creator of the universe living on the inside of you in your temple. And you do not have to wait for a prophet to come through town or go miles and miles to track down a prophet to ask them what the Lord might be saying to you. You can be wherever you are on this planet and you have the Lord within you if you are born again. This is an amazing privilege that we have as believers. But because we never lived in the old covenant, it is almost taken for granted and we should not take it for granted this blessing that we have of the Lord with us. Let me pray for you before we end the program today. 
Father, I thank you in the name of your son Jesus for this precious soul listening today. They have things on their heart, things that might be grieving them, things that are making them sad, or maybe they're anxious. And Lord, I thank you that you are with them. Thank you, Lord, that you can be trusted. You are faithful. You are merciful. Your loving kindness is everlasting. Your grace is sufficient for us. And all we need to do is cast our cares upon you, for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. These burdens are not for us to carry. And I thank you, Lord, for wanting to take these things from us. But you won't take them from us until we give them to you. It is our free will that chooses every day whether we want to sort out our own problems, lean on our own understanding, or trust you with our issues and lean on your understanding in your word. Thank you, Lord, for all financial support. We lack nothing as your children, as your sons and daughters. As we seek you with all of our heart, as we seek you first, your kingdom, your righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. All the things that are so insignificant in your eyes, Lord, and should be insignificant in ours, they are easy for you to provide for. According to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that we seek you first, that we need to go about your business, our Father's business. Disregard puts everything else out of our minds, all the things that have been worrying us, all the things that have been concerning us, and just focus on you. Because all these other things, Lord, they are immaterial. They are not as important as you. You are number one. Thank you for helping our hearts understand your love. Thank you for your love for this precious person listening today. And Lord, I thank you for healing them. By your stripes, they were healed, according to your word in First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I speak your life from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet today that they are completely healed of all ailments, sicknesses, diseases, misalignments, pain, suffering. All of their body is healed as a result of your stripes today, now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for convicting us by your Holy Spirit to continue to spend more time with you, focusing on you, having your words in our heart, having your words cleanse us, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness in our conscience. And we bless your holy name today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to partner with us, you can give through our website at tog.worldtouchofgod.world. You can also send a prayer request there. You can also listen to past programs as well as call us at country code 1-407-705-3151. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.